The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Sergeant, why are you so certain no one is listening? We're just podcasters, sir. We're meant to be expendable. Not to the Dark Times podcast. Welcome back to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite Republic Commando. And I'm Steven, your favorite fan favorite Jedi Knight. Plo Koon. <laughs> He's, I love Plo Koon. Did you know, let's open it up with some Star Wars trivia. I, I bet you probably had this. Did you know, Steven, that uh, Bo-Katan Kreese's actress did not know it was going to be Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian season two finale? That is so cool. Who did, who did who, how, I mean, how did they work that out? Well, it's, it's, it, it's appropriate for the opening. They did tell her it was going to be Plo Koon. And then when she, she didn't know until she saw the episode and then she texts Dave Filoni two words, Plo Koon? <laughs> question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. She says that in an interview. It's so fucking funny. I just, I thought that was appropriate for this opening. That's hilarious. I kind of wish it was Plo Koon. When I first heard that trivia. Honestly, live action Plo Koon, bring him back. I was like, Dave, let's bring Plo Koon. Yeah. <laughs> My Plo Koon trivia is that in Star Wars Battlefront 2, and I actually can't remember if this was a mod yet or, or not, <laughs> but it, they gave Plo Koon, like, Force Lightning, but it was called, like, Force Judgment, and it was orange. <laughs> That's cool as fuck, though, what? And I think it's corroborated in some other Legends sources, because I, I definitely have seen other, like, art and portrayals of him, like, using Force Judgment. Fuck, yeah, Force Judgment. <laughs> Bro should have used that shit while he was flying (laughs) during Order 66. (laughs) That would have saved his ass some forced judgment. Maybe. Oh, man. We have some feedback from last week, Steven. Yeah. uh, This one kind of racked my brain all week long. Uh, Zloy Krolik pointed out, a repeating blaster carbine power pack only has 30 shots, not 10. We were discussing about your character, Dev Debo, using a repeating blaster carbine, but we we discussed him having only 10 shots and you having to reload after every auto-fire shot. I was like, how, what did we do? Did we fuck up? It's not like us to just mess up the ammo capacity like that. I mean, it's it's written right there. When have we ever read something in Swissy and <laughs> done something entirely different? When have we ever misremembered something? Yeah, I finally got it right before we started recording, thankfully. You did not have a repeating blaster carbine. You had a heavy repeating blaster, which is a heavy weapon and deals 3D10 damage with only 10 shots. You know what's so funny what? is... I did remember that at our session last night. Yes. That we said blaster carbine in the show. And then I was like, I was like trying to look it up. I was like, what did I just use? And then abandoned halfway through our hex crawl because it was too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> was the heavy repeating blaster. For those interested, Dev has a strength score of minus two. Uh, well, strength, sorry, strength score of seven, which is a minus two modifier. So I think next time we requisition gear, I'm going to requisition a miniaturized heavy weapon for, for our boy here. Because half the weight is insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's so good. Crazy. And unrelated to this episode, Lil Literalist had some excellent rifle range homebrews to share with us, which I wanted to go over, but we're going to save for time. Lil Literalist had some excellent thoughts to share on our build showcases. So I'll just go ahead and read the portion of, of this comment here. I think that when you go over the builds, you often spend a lot of time talking about them as characters, and that's sometimes appropriate, since I think it's useful to know what sort of circumstances these builds could be used in. But sometimes, it seems like the focus is on the fluff rather than the mechanics. Tsuyoshi recently asked on Discord about what people wanted to see in the bounties, and I think it would be good for you to clarify that as well. Personally, I think of the contests on the Wizards boards back in the day with faithful representations of established characters and interesting ability combos that would never be seen from typical NPCs, and the focus was on the build and what it could do. I write a decent amount for a lot of my builds, but most of it is so that I can highlight particular aspects for people who don't want to spend 15 minutes looking up every ability and piecing together how they function and what they're capable of. I'll usually include a bit of backstory because it seems expected, but that's normally only a small part of my submission. To me, The main focus of the build bounties is the build. I'm not saying this needs to be how the contest ought to be, or that every submission should be like mine, but it would be good if you cleared up what you're hoping to receive, and what people should be looking for when they vote. And yes, I still can't get over the idea that my blind character lost. That thing was a masterpiece. Lil Literalist, uh, you're you're right, that thing was a masterpiece, and I thought that your your comment was so well thought out, uh, so 
uh, intelligently worded that it's possible many others were sharing your questions, and I thought we'd address them on air. Uh, It's true that we focus a lot on storytelling opportunities with build submissions compared to just straight stats. There's a couple different reasons for this, but the main one is that we've kind of tried to come at builds from several different angles by now. You know, we've been at this for is about a year and a half now, Sam. Well, God, don't tell me how long we've been doing it, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, a a while now and we've experimented a lot and still try new things with how we present builds on air because it's builds in particular are the core of what we do here, but also not very easy to present in an audio format. It's about keeping the plates spinning while at the same time still maintaining one, a realistic length for a podcast episode and two, making sure we it's like it's one of those things where it's we don't have the mysterious third host constantly fact checking us every time we say something. Yeah, they had to get the covid and they had to fire them. And it's just <laughs> they're joking, by the way, there's no that didn't happen. There's no mysterious third cast member. And, and yeah, it's this method we really just believe makes for better radio. I mean, lest we just sit here and rattle off numbers for 45 minutes. You know, we're not a Soviet number station, right? The the numbers, Jason, what do they mean? Yeah. And with your help, how much will we get paid by the Russian government to become a number (laughs) station? And, and yeah, so that absolutely. And I'll get into more of this later, but like how you present a build here on the dark times versus how you'd present it in a forum post or a, a Reddit post, absolutely those are going to differ because if we just listed off modifiers, by God, I, I wouldn't listen to us. That's for sure. <laughs> Sam and I love to hear when people hearken our our build showcases back to Swissy's mythical golden age on the old Watsi forums. Uh, for those who may not be familiar, Wizards of the Coast maintained uh, forums, real deal old school forums for a very long time for all of their various products. And and this is where a lot of the hottest and, and best conversation about Swissy took place for a very, very long time. The reality is those forums shut down just about eight years ago. And at that time, Swissy's prominence was already waning. Sam and I started this podcast because we saw Swissy taking off in a brave, unprecedented direction. And, and we, you know, felt like we were a part of that and we wanted to get out there. We don't believe we're beholden to anything in in Swissy's past. Um, I I think I speak for both me and Sam that we love seeing what new stuff we can try. I I don't feel any need to return to to anything that was that was on on those forms. I mean, they're great. I mean, that's where everything that we enjoy and love about Swissy practically came from. It's it's kind of like our, our like homeland in in a way. It's our it's our it's our lost promised land. But. Also, you know, we've got a huge open future that we can step into together. Can I say something? Yeah, I, I cut cut in anywhere also. I like to think of how we showcase the builds as sort of baiting you, dear listener, into checking out the full builds. Because no amount of me and Steven trying to use car salesman you <laughs> on this level 12 MOOC guy is going to work. It's diminishing returns on the the length of the time we spend breaking down every single stat, role, and talent and skill. I mean, am I am I getting am I getting lost in the weeds here? No, you're I- you're great, and and you're right. You know what we're trying to do is prompt you to open the PDF because the PDF is going to do the best job of showing you what the build can do. That's going to be the clearest, most you know cogent, cut and dry way. You know, we're trying to provide a nice wrapping paper to maybe make you want to do that. And that's going to be fluffier. That's going to be talking about the character's backstory, a brief overview of its abilities. You know, like I said, we cannot list defenses and modifiers all day long here. Think about it this way. Steven and I are the door dashers of these <laughs> of these dear stat blocks. And the backstories for said stat blocks are the pictures you see on the app to get you to want to buy them. To actually taste the snap block is for you yourself to digest it paragraph by paragraph. I think that's an apt metaphor, Sam. I love food metaphors on this yeah, podcast. We, I feel like we get one. We, we got to get one in at least once a week. <laughs> we got to start eating before we record these. <laughs> and, you know, literalist, since you asked and, and you're far from the first person to ask what I'm looking for and what Sam's looking for in these in these showcases. It's it's really as simple as this. I want to see submissions from passionate people. I want to see a submission that someone had a freaking blast putting together. 
you know, whatever that means for you, the, the submitter, whether it's the leanest, meanest, most intricate CT killer ever, or maybe it's a more pedestrian build with a unique story and motive. I, I just want things from real places of creative passion, whether that's a very complicated build or a very complicated story. And, you know, we don't need to pretend like it's one or the other. There, there's plenty of room for both. And if you're using a character in a story, like, you know, it's a storytelling game, let's not forget. It's not, it's not a build-building game. You need both. You need reflex defense. You need motivation. You need perception modifier. You need a past. Like, these things in my mind, you know, it's... I feel like we we arbitrarily separate these things a lot for a variety of reasons. It's it's easy to when discussing these things on the internet, but really, and and I passionately believe in this. You need both. You don't need both to be world shattering and never before seen, but both are important to a character existing. And I think that's why we tend to lean, give a lot of credence to to both on the show. And you know, I I do want to emphasize the showcase is just that. It's a showcase. Uh, I'm very careful about what language I use on the podcast when I talk about the showcase. It's not a contest. It's not a competition. We want to see what you're cooking up. You're window shopping. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you you also alluded to what what do the patrons want when they vote? Because, you know, obviously I, I say it's not a contest. It really isn't. But the patrons have a poll where they can, you know, voice their opinion for what they believe is best. You know, you'll you'll have to ask them what what they want to vote for, because I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I have not seen, uh, there's no pattern, no. there's no... Sam and I have laid out all the polls, all the winners, and th- there is no pattern to who or what wins the Patreon poll. The, the Patreon poll is a fun little ditty, really. It's it's it, it, No one can tell how that's going to go, and I think that's that's one of the beautiful things about it. You You might, like I said, you might have to ask some of the people who voted on it, but I know a good number of our patrons, and, and I can take a good shake at what they're in it for. And they're in it for the same reason we all are. And that's that's fun. That's just having a good time because that's that's kind of our main priority over here. And uh, so, yeah, little literalist, thank you so much uh, for your intelligent input. As always, this ran on a bit longer than I wanted it to. But I hope that this is a useful response uh, to to your inquiry. And I hope others find it informative as well. We're looking forward to revealing the winner of the Patreon poll next week. Heck yeah. Don't forget, patrons, get on there. Get on there now. It's it's available now. Any tier. Vote for your favorite. What was it? It was Outlaw? Vote for your favorite Outlaw. <laughs> what Who's was the, it? Fuck off. Who's the most wanted of the most wanted? Ooh. Yeah. Enough of this. Enough of this out of the game. Yeah, fuck this meta bullshit, talk. Like that's, so we're not here for I this. Fucking, yeah. we're not, it's not a podcast about the podcast, buddy. <laughs> it's a podcast about Saga Edition. Now let's fucking get to it. What did you bring us today, Steve? Yeah, so Sam, you and I were talking off mic a little bit, and, and we thought it might be cool to do like an era discussion. Maybe this will be something we return to with, with different eras, you know, depending on reception, depending on our mood. Let's talk Clone Wars, baby. Get in, baby. We're landed on Geonosis. Oh, around the survivors, a perimeter create. <laughs> around the listeners, a podcast create. <laughs> Damn, that could have been Fuck. a good opening bit. My dad loves that line for some reason. <laughs> the rest of that scene is actually too garbage to use for an opening bit. Well, yeah, the rest of the scene is just over <laughs> Like, that's the dialogue. There's the one line opening bit around. <laughs> That's great. Uh, let's talk Clone Wars, baby. Yeah. So there's a lot of just kind of interesting things in the game about the Clone Wars. I mean, the, the Clone Wars and Swissy go hand in hand. There was clones and droids in the core rulebook upon publication. Swissy was, you know, partially set to help promote Revenge of the Sith. I mean, come on. You can't have Swissy without Clone Wars. Though, I think we've talked about this chronic problem of mine on air before, Sam. No matter what, I can't bring myself... To run a Clone Wars game. And I don't know why. I just don't have like the brain to think of like Clone Wars plot hooks. Hey man, we love Rebellion. Listen, Rebellion era. You're right what you know, Steven. You're a fucking masturbatory nostalgia cuck for original trilogy crap. Is that what you are, Steven? That's what you are, huh? I don't. Can we say cuck? Yeah, we can say cuck. Yeah, okay. We can say cuck. You can hear it in the tone. The tone of my voice yeah. implies I'm joking. No, they, they know. It. They know you're joking. I hope to God. Yeah. Um, I'm a cuck. I'm. 
Yeah, and I think it's because I, I draw on video games a lot when I'm GMing, and most of the video games that I, I played were like very much centered on like Galactic Civil War. Steven didn't play Clone Wars, Jedi lightsaber duels on the Wii, obviously. <laughs> God. Why do you even have a Star Wars podcast, huh? Like, why? <laughs> oh, maybe one of these days I'll run a, a Clone Wars something. <laughs> I hope I, I get inspiration for it. There's lots of... In my opinion, what, go, the yeah, Clone go Wars era... Sorry. No, this sorry. is your area. You've you've actually ran Clone Wars stuff here. Like, I, I'm wanting to hear from you. In my opinion, the Clone Wars era lends itself incredibly to one-shot or short-form campaign arc scenarios. Yes. Or just anything like a... Like it's just a drop in, drop out, different characters, different missions, all that cool stuff. Ooh, it it's great. Would be good for a um, what is that's not called? That's not Gestalt. The uh, like the the type of the other one. Yeah, the other <laughs> one. The the type of game where you just you have a bunch of people who rotate in and out. GM's players M- both. March, 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 something March. Uh, March of Madness. Uh, no, there's something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's March. It's March. West March. West March. West March. Right, 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 right. West March. We found it. <laughs> I didn't have to Google it. Yeah, Clone Wars West March would be <laughs> sick. Like tearing through the outer rim, tearing up, killing clankers and shit. Come on. If I had unlimited money and time, that's probably what I would run on the discord on the reddit yeah. it would be like hey anyone come we're doing the battle this is the battle of christophsis too they found another one <laughs> <laughs> sorry steven was drinking water when i said that i like how it's not the second battle of christophsis <laughs> it's yeah. the battle of christophsis too it's another christophsis they found another christophsis hidden you don't think in the whole galaxy <laughs> there could be two planets named christophsis I'm just saying, man. Oh, that's so good. It's like the fucking Smith of Star Wars. But no, you're you're right. <laughs> like I, Skywalker. I, <laughs> fuck. This is a good episode. It is. <laughs> I completely agree. Uh, Sam, you're right. I, I think that's the exact kind of format that the Clone Wars lends itself to in, in Swissy. And, and you don't really have Swissy without the Clone Wars. I, I strongly believe in that. I thought we might keep it, you know, start with the basics here and talk about a, an interesting corner of the game. Uh, Republic clone species. Do you want to mention it or do, do you want me to, I mean, the fact that in the core rule book, the clone characters use the human. I was just about species. to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> Go for everyone's it. favorite Swissy trivia, Sam, obviously that the species is, is interesting to me because it exists. It's here. It's, it's a valid option for players. However, there is not a single clone stat block in the game that uses it. Wait, really? That's correct. I knew that the core rulebook stat blocks just use human species. Go ahead. Look I up, did not look know. Look stat block right now. Go ahead. Look at it. Go Google it. Well, I mean, I knew it was a human species. I just didn't know that there was not a single Republic clone stat block. There is not one <coughs> stat block published by Wizards of the Coast that uses the Republic clone species. Does DMF at least have one? I think it might. Naturally, the Republic clone species was published in the Clone Wars campaign guide. Everything we're talking about today comes from the Clone Wars campaign guide. So I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to say it again. All right. Write it down. (laughs) Write it on your hand if you need to. We're not going to say it again. Reading from the book, given the prominence of clones in the story of the Clone Wars, Game masters should not be surprised if players wish to play clone characters. (laughs) Why is it worded like that? I love it. It's beautiful. Clone Trooper heroes can be interesting and present exciting story opportunities, especially for a game master who plans to use Order 66 in the campaign finale. And boy, howdy, what's a fucking Clone Wars one shot without the secret Order 66 campaign finale? Come on. Oh, it's so good. I never get tired of it. It's so good. And even and even I'm just going to interject here. This is very much like a player oriented episode, but, you know, everyone's got their secret GM hat hiding in the closet there. Uh, my formal GM wear <laughs> using like in the arc of the Clone Wars TV show where they use Order 66 as sort of a a secret plot by the Chancellor at that point. Do you remember that? Where like the whole like fives dies. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the conspiracy. I really love how they the build on it in Bad Batch, by the way. What a great arc. Fuck. Yeah. I love the Clone Wars. Yeah. Clone Wars. Good. Clone Wars. Really good. Continuing from the book here. Game Masters should allow players to play clone trooper heroes who stand out from rank and file clone troopers. Okay, so this is definitely your like multi episode arc named like clone trooper with a unique face rigging. Like, don't like that. CT 6969. Nice. That's his name. 
God. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> this is the kind of clone that you play. You can't really play. You can't really be a heroic character and play like a normal, like shiny clone, right? You can. Yeah, but you should become a non-shiny yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. That's the prequel. That's like the flashback episode yeah. one shot you have. Yeah. Where you do like in the academy. Ooh. Ooh. I do like, can I just get this off my chest really yeah, quick? do it. CT 6969 of the 420th Battalion. <laughs> Thank you for your riveting contribution, Sam. I'm glad you had that one cooking. I'm just, I'm so glad you, you had to get that one out. I did. The basic Republic clone is bred for obedience and military discipline. This can stifle players who want more free will. Instead, the player could choose to play an ARC trooper or Republic clone commando. Both unit types are clones based on the original Jango Fett template, but they have more Fett's personality and fewer behavioral restrictions than standard clone troopers. They receive special training better suited to heroic careers, and many have destinies that stretch out beyond the Clone Wars. For Republic clone heroes, characters receive a variant of the basic human template. Question. Oh, go ahead. Did they make that Legends? The idea that the Arc Troopers and the Clone Commandos are like more legit clones? Like more, more Fetty, you know? More Fetty? Um, I'm like, yeah, she's mine. That's great. Arc Trooper 679. Arc Trooper 1738. Arc Trooper 1738. Oh, man. Jedi Master Remy and the Remy's boys. Fuck. Man, I don't think our audience is ready for that joke. No, I don't I don't think we have the right um I don't think we have the right demographic for that joke to That's land, but I, I hope you leave it in. I'm pretty sure they made that like a like legends now, right? Cuz you can just kind of get promoted into those roles now. I don't know. <laughs> I I want to contribute and like discuss this, but I I don't know. Uh, if you do know, please let us know. Yeah, like please tell us. I'm not up up to snuff. Well, I, I like you know as much as the next guy, but like clone lore got deep in Legends. Man, that shit was complicated. <laughs> oh, it got crazy. I love it. Let me just take a quick peek here and see if if it's in the first six sentences of the Wook page, then we'll know. The Wook. It only mentions advanced training. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, you you're you're right. They are selected from normal clone cadets, at least arc troopers. Yeah, I don't baby. know about commandos, but yeah, they 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 watch for particularly promising cadets like our our boys Echo and Fives, um, and then they give them additional training to make them arc troopers. This is my episode, my man. I'm I'm ready. Good, I'm, I'm glad. I was really hoping you'd be like in the mood to be a clone head this episode. Perhaps one of the more notable uh, traits of the Republic clone species is their rapid aging. Uh, Their age brackets are as such a child from years one to five, a young adult from six to seven years, an adult at age eight to 20, middle age 21 through 29, old 30 through 39, and they're venerable after 40. Just like me. Just like, yeah, that's (laughs) venerable after 40. That's what it says on my birthday card. (laughs) birthday card oh like yeah like, when i turn yeah. when you turn 40. i was thinking like some sort of identification that had your never mind stupid <laughs> my birthday card trooper what's your birthday card <laughs> another interesting uh thing about the species is that it comes with its own stat array i'm not sure if any other species do good i hate rolling dice <laughs> fucking hate that shit man. <laughs> i don't play I don't this game do roll dice yeah what the heck what the fuck Why'd you say it like Luke Skywalker? <laughs> I play this game to roll dice. <laughs> Uncle Owen, this droid's dice roller's broken. This, dro- <laughs> this RE4 unit's got a busted dice roller. Funny. Republic clones have a strength of 15, dex 13, con 10, int 12, wisdom 10, and charisma 8. Additionally, a Republic clone player can choose one ability score to increase by two at the time of character creation. There's your individuality right there. <laughs> I can lift five more kilograms. Than it's more than that. Than the right? next guy. I don't know. Who knows? Medium size. As medium creatures, they're medium. Who, who gives a fuck? They have six square speed. <laughs> and much like humans, they get a bonus feat at first level and a bonus trained skill. All Republic clones, of course, can speak, read, and write basic. 
Don't they also uh, speak Mandela? Uh, the book says basic. What the heck? Yeah, right? What the heck? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I feel like it. God, I even like remember it saying Mandoa in the book, but I have it right in front of me. It says just basic. That's crazy. But like there's plenty of documentation of, of clones speaking Mandoa in various stories. So like, don't let that hold you back. It's just, they just start with basic. They can definitely learn Mandoa later. So they, they use those little, do you remember those like head massagers they put on the kids in Pack of the Clones? Oh yeah. To teach them? Yeah. <laughs> that was teaching them basic. Oh. Sam, I, I wanted to pose this question to you because I felt like it'd make a really good segment for the show. Why did you play a clone? You had every option ahead of you. This is in a Dark Times campaign, no less. Not a Clone Wars one. Levels 1 through 20. Why did you decide to play a clone? I'll tell you, Steven. It's so, yeah, so Dark Times campaign, yes. Yeah. I, I thought it was a excellent... First of all, I love the Clone Wars, obviously. We yeah. all do. It's a requirement for being a Star Wars fan. Yes. You have to like the Clone Wars. Uh, if you don't, then, you know, they're coming for you. The, the Gatekeep <laughs> podcast. What a, let's look at... You guys remember my character... God, when did I... When did we bring Pulse on as, as the build? Oh, That must like, have been way early in the show. A century ago? Like... Yeah, so I had my phase one clone, Pulse, who had reflex defense of like 50 and could harm's way, take damage for people and stuff like that. Super cool. My inspirations for Pulse, I've written them down here. Captain Rex and Rebels. I mean, it's an incredible when Ahsoka's like, go check out my friend. And Kanan's like, what the fuck? This guy's a clone. And Ezra's like, this guy rules. And Rex is like, I'm bald with a beard now. Well, I think he was bald before, but now he's got a beard. <laughs> That's a good point. And another lesser known clone that was my inspiration pulse is BL1707, known as Abel. He was stationed on the jungle world of Lubang Minor. He was cool because he was a phase one clone. I didn't like, I hate the phase two clone armor. It's not as cool as the phase one armor. Phase one armor goes pretty hard. The phase one armor with the Mandalorian inspiration, it's insane. It's awesome. I get the phase two armor is supposed to be, look, it's almost stormtrooper armor. I get it. That's the point. Whatever. Abel, and it's, it's a, one of those old Star Wars comics, a Legends comic. Abel thought stormtroopers were Republic clones and new armor and tried to aid them in battle. They thought, the commander thought he was a part of a rebel ruse, and then they started opening fire on him. Eventually, he finds Luke and another member of Red Squadron. I can't remember their name and that paints me but whatever i'll get over it (laughs) (laughs) takes them hostage until i think the one that isn't luke recognizes him because they're a veteran of the clone wars and they're like oh my god you're a clone how long have you been here they get him up to speed and then he decides to help the rebellion it's super great i love it i it's so funny i could have played a phase two clone because as we talked about the big drawback or, or the big cool thing about clones is the age ranges. Yeah. So I had to do the math. If I'm playing, it was seven BBY, I believe, was the year for our, our Dark Times campaign. It was at the point where I was playing this character. Wait, can I pause you real quick, Sam? Go ahead. I loved hearing about Abel. Like, I did not know about this character. Like, this is really, really rules. cool. He rules. Uh, yeah, yeah. He does get turned into a rat ghoul. <laughs> yes, I did know that. I did know that. I've read... I read all the comics that he was in and I was very upset to see that he just gets, well, he sacrifices himself. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But he does get turned into a wreck. Cool. Very sad. Please. <laughs> it was continue. a weird arc. Okay. <laughs> it was a weird arc, weird arc, but very cool. I had to do the math and be like, okay, to make my character a phase two clone, a phase one clone, what, how old are they? And so pulse, I think pulse was middle age or old, which was not good for your stats. If you, if you're familiar with how that works. No. Because I know everyone's like, no, I just play an adult, whatever. As you go up in age brackets past adult, you get a minus one to your physical stats and a plus one to your mental stats. So by old, I had minus two to strength, dex, and constitution, and plus two to wisdom, charisma, and the other one, intelligence. That's the one. <laughs> I just love the idea of playing a... I even wrote a whole backstory for Pulse and everything about how malfunctioning inhibitor chips caused his his the rest of his squad to just go crazy or or like die instantly for no reason. 
It's great. It's great. I might find that, dig that up and link it in the description if it's anyone's interested in reading that. It's a good one. It's very compelling and, and super thoughtfully written. Thank you. You flatterer. <laughs> you got me to to just word vomit about clones. Let's, what's up? What's next? Do you have anything else planned this episode or did I not take long enough? <laughs> yeah, there was a few other things I, I wanted to pull out here just because they're worth talking about. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. What, what sort of, I mean, it's a silly question. I, I, I didn't even write anything down for this because I, I went to go like research and I was like, wait a minute, clone builds. There, there's probably no wrong way to build a clone. Honestly, Absolutely not like, like, no, really, really not at all. Everyone knows what clones. I got fucking two words for you, Steven. I got two words. You guess they are bad batch. <laughs> <laughs> you want your clone builds? There they are. I got them for you. You want to play a, a seven year old girl? Go for it. That's, that's your right. <laughs> Except wait, she's probably what? Like two. I don't, I don't know the specifics. She's probably like four. <laughs> Well, it's, think about it's it. It's even more questionable uh, given the the season two finale. Ooh. Oh, ooh, better go watch it. Go watch the Bad Batch. Go watch the Bad Batch. <laughs> Who said that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't research clone builds because uh, everyone knows what clones do. You have a, a wide. You have literally through Legends and Bad Batch, the new canon, the Clone Wars. There is a rainbow of clones that you can just pick and you can be like, I want to be that guy or just like, fuck whatever you want. I really want to play Republic commando personally. Like those guys are my favorite just cause I, I loved the shooter growing up and like that. I would love, love, love to play Republic commando also because the, even the book pointed them out as an example of a more kind of independent heroic character type of, of clone. But really do you want a perceptive scout who can, you know, sense danger coming? Bam clone. Do you want heavy weapons guy? Bam clone. Demolitions expert, clone. Exactly. Clone. Clone. Bomb squad clones. Do you remember those guys, the orange dudes? Yeah, yeah, they were cool. I really like their armor. Super, super hazard safe. Yeah. If, if you, if you want to do it, if, if you have a skill and shoot at guys or to use both your hands to shoot at guys, you can be a clone and you can do it. There, there is not a wrong way to build a clone in Swissy, period. Let me just put your fears to rest, your listener. The stat array is not going to hold you back. No. I made a crazy soldier draw fire harm's way build which was awesome and I had fun playing them. It was broken. And a great backstory. <laughs> it was broken. It was pretty We got to the point where we were like, "Oh my god." I'm sure everyone knows about this, but the whole like Here's her, here's the tank with with harm's way and then you have the Jedi master crit fisher with serenity. Yeah. And Oh, we did it only once. And because that was all we needed to do. We only needed to do it once because it was crazy and it was awesome. And then we never did it again because we respect our DM. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention just the way you built Pulse out. And of course, anyone can go back and, and see how and why we, we featured him on a whole ep. Uh, it just he, I was no longer in control of the combat on the board. It was it was Pulse's combat between harm's way between what's the one where you, you sh- shoot on a on a nat one. <laughs> Uh, opportunistic, uh, shooter, I believe. No, 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 no. Um, no, what's it called? Oh, fuck. Advantageous opening. Advantageous opening. Of course. Let's you take a melee or range attack when an enemy or when any enemy or ally in line of sight rolls on that one on attack roll. Yeah. You can make a melee or range attack against a single target within range. And for pulse, that meant dropping his gun and punching the big bad or, Or taking a shot with his blaster carbine. It was great. Yeah. Um, all in all, memorable character. We we always, everyone has a character that sticks with them. And, and Pulse is definitely, definitely one of them. He had a, it was, he was a good all arounder. He like. was. It was very much, yes, he had that cool thing that he could do with having high reflex and fighting defensively to push it up by 10 reflex defense. But clones, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. Definitely not. We've we've double downed on it, I feel like. <laughs> as long as you're not a Jedi. As long as you're not a Jedi, yeah. And yes, I am aware of the non-zero number of, of Jedi clones out there in, in Legends. They they can they can stay there. <laughs> There's one Jedi clone we're trying to get to call us back. And his name's Sam Whitworth. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. Sam, I, I kind of thought you couldn't really have a clone war without some hardware. 
Oh, yeah. So I, I picked some selections from the Clone Wars campaign guide that we haven't gone over yet. Uh, and there's actually. Can I put the can I put the Home Depot theme over this? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can. So there's not a lot of super interesting equipment in this book. <laughs> Boo. Galaxy at War. OK, sweep. There's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, after looking at after comparing equipment lists, Galaxy at War is my preferred like war book for sure. But both are important. And there's good blasters in this book. Okay, let's be clear. There's very good blasters, but I wanted more general equipment. That that being said, two of these are weapons when I wanted all three of them to be equipment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first is the garrote. Do you know what a garrote is, Sam? Yeah, cool. Like piano wire. Yeah, I had I had to remind myself. Typically fashioned from a strand of spun durasteel, garrote is designed to crush the target's throat and prevent breathing. A garrote requires two hands to use, and any attack made with the garrote is treated as a grab attack. I featured this because it's a very interesting uh, weapon that really changes how grabs work, and you'll see why it's so good in a second. Bonuses granted by talents and feats applied to the grab attack as though it were a garrote attack. For example. Oh. A character with the weapon focus groat feet gains a plus one bonus on grab attacks made with the groat. And it really this description really like kind of misses the, the bantha in the room here. That also means like pin and trip work here, too. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The effects of the groat are felt on the target's turn at the beginning of the grab target's turn before it can take any actions. The target takes damage from the garrote and moves down one step on the condition track. Holy shit. Yes. The target also suffers the normal effects of a grab. The target may attempt to break the grab as normal. So this is not Grapple 101, the episode, so I'm not going to get into it, although there's a whole flowchart on the wiki that can aid you here. Really helpful flowchart, actually. Yes, really good flowchart. I think Lil Literalist made it. Very good. Or at least adapted it from somewhere else. Great. Either way. Uh, if someone grabs you, just a normal grab, they don't have pin, trip, or anything. They're not making what's called an improved grab, also known as a grapple. You can just spend a standard action to break it. So that's fine. Grab's over. But before you can do that, you're already down one step on the condition track. And you know what's going to happen next turn. You're going to get garroted again. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Garrote's a small weapon. 50 credits, 1d6 damage, no stun setting, baby. Only trachea crushing goodness. Weighs half a kilogram. What's funny is that in real life, garrotes like take out someone in seconds. Yes. Which you do technically see here. Yeah. With the the way that rounds work. I thought it was a real like surprisingly like both very lethal and very realistic portrayal of like garrotes in, in Swissy. Like half a minute, you're out. You're half helpless. a minute, you're done, which is probably I mean, I'd, I'd, I would last less than that probably but i mean it's good for, for yeah TTRPG. since we're non-heroics we only have like a health pool of like 13 yeah <laughs> <laughs> not to mention if you're like and it makes sense too if you're like really if you're a grappler if you're grapple andy in your party you they can't escape i mean uh, well it's harder to they can't use that standard action to break they got to start making a post grapple checks which you know if you're in the business you're no one's no one's beating you in a grapple check if you're if you're built right so they're even faster for at killing people if you are a dedicated grappler. And I love that for 50 credits too. For 50 credits. This is like probably the best weapon you can get for 50 credits. Is this licensed? Oh shit. I don't even think it lists a license. Let's see. It's just like wire ultimately. <laughs> yeah. It's an exotic. Yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot to mention it's an exotic melee weapon, which doesn't exactly matter here, but yeah, it doesn't have a, a listed availability presumably because it's just, Durasteel wire. You can just make one. Yeah, you could, 50 credits worth of Durasteel. You could probably head down to like the junk shop and use their like lathe and make one like. <laughs> Up next is camouflage netting, not the Galaxy at War item. This is the Clone Wars campaign guide camouflage netting. We've already featured vintage. The <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we already featured the Galaxy at War one, though. I think I, I can't I always forget which one I prefer. But here's here's this one. It's survival gear, costs 6,000 credits, and it weighs 40 kilograms. Any camouflage netting found on the market is of two kinds, powered or unpowered. Both kinds, when draped over one or more objects within a 6x6 square area, bestow a plus 5 bonus to all stealth checks while under the netting and offer partial concealment. 
integrated into the netting of the powered version are overlapping sensor baffle scales that emulate the emission patterns of the surrounding terrain, including light emissions. Thus, powered camouflage netting grants an additional plus five, that's we're up to plus 10 now, bonus to all stealth checks while under the netting. The netting is carried in the small backpack and takes a full round action and two people to deploy it. That's cool as hell, right? I think the camouflage netting galaxy at war merely specifies the size of vehicle you can fit under it, not a like hard six by six square area, but I'm probably wrong and I'm not going to check. I love the idea of a combat that just has like dudes hidden under one of these in the middle of the map. I am kicking myself for not doing that now. (laughs) We were just in the jungle and I totally could have done that. (laughs) We totally could use this. Yeah. That would have been great. I was like, well, you yeah, guys little... come out of the swamp, which was pretty cool. Thank you. I, I was, I was very happy to bring. Okay. So look, I'm a little upset about that too. I really want to yeah. do swamp troopers. Cause I really like their armor. Cause I'm a bit of a Jedi you, Academy. But you grabbed nut. exo troopers on accident. But I grabbed Evo troopers by accident because I mix up Evo troopers and swamp troopers a lot. Guys. I mean, look at them. Come on. One's they're the same, but one's green. But I, what I didn't tell you last night is that I, when you pointed out, that I meant to do swamp troopers instead of Evo troopers. I subbed in the swamp troopers stat block, which is slightly <laughs> more powerful. Great. So just That's so great. I could, I could hang on to that. But yeah, that by the way, not to a little humble brag, humble brag. You can leave this out of the episode. I did not consult my encounter building rules for that encounter and guessed at a fair encounter. And the L A T L E and three uh, swamp troopers. Guess what? Perfectly balanced. For the party. That's great. At the time. Thank you. I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> Just because I like it. Great. I'm glad. Watch those wrist rockets. We got the wrist rockets. Watch those wrist rockets. The wrist rocket launcher is a versatile personal weapon designed to be useful in various combat situations. What a thing to say. I'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> like, boy, boy, golly, do I hope so. They actually designed these ones to not be useful in any combat situation. <laughs> these are situation. not versatile. They're just too heavy. <laughs> yeah. Your wrist just gets stuck to the ground the whole time. It mounts on the forearm and extends over the back of the wielder's hand. Bounty hunters favor the weapon, despite various government attempts to ban the weapons and force production to stop. My Second Amendment rights. Yeah. <laughs> this is an infringement on Mandalorian culture. Yeah, man. Wrist rocket launchers are single shot weapons that must be reloaded after each shot. They fire only wrist rocket ammunition and are considered pistols for the purposes of determining range. An exotic ranged weapon that is small. It costs 2,500 credits. Uses wrist rocket ammunition. Wait, is there different types of wrist rocket ammunition? Hold up. <gasps> Gasp. This implies that there is. It does. Implications. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That sounded like Sawyer. Oh. Implications. <laughs> <laughs> there, Sam. Yeah. There's seven types of wrist rocket ammunition. Holy shit. I don't think we a have time. An arc troopers dream. Yeah. <laughs> we do not have time to go over all of these, but we've got anti-personnel rocket, anti-vehicle rocket, flash rocket, hollow tip rocket, which has three subtypes. Maybe empty doesn't count, but there's also nerve toxin and stun <laughs> gas. Why would you want to empty? Maybe, maybe you can maybe put, you some put some snacks some in, some in snacks there. In yeah. There. Oh my God. We had the same thought. Goldfish crackers. Like, <laughs> Grogu. Little fucking blue chips. Um, His wrist rockets. The description for the empty hollow tip says an empty hollow tip rocket is just that empty. It's more akin to a bullet than a rocket and is treated as a slug throw weapon for the purposes of feats and talents. So there you go. That's cool as fuck. What? Um, Oh my God. Big iron in my wrist. Big iron in your wrist. (laughs) Big iron in your wrist. Yeah, and then Ion Blast Rocket, which uh fantastic. They're they're great. We should come back to these. These are these look fun. Don't tease us, Steven, because this is a two-parter, baby. Oh, yes, of course. Uh get ready for a discussion of some separatist uh type beats. Uh, sorry. Separatist beats to bear uh fuck. No, I got it. I got it. Separ- Go ahead. Let them cuss. Uh Separatist beats to embargo and assassinate too. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We'll be coming at you with a, another separatist aligned species, a, a personal favorite of mine that the more I dug into, I could not stop digging. There's a surprising amount of lore 
to these guys and you'll see them next week and maybe uh, more. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about the wrist rocket launcher ammunition types next week, too, because they're too cool. Heck yeah, we can't we can't just leave them waiting. <laughs> no, there. no, I, I did not know that those existed when I put wrote the notes and it's we got to We got to go back to those. Cool. Absolutely. We will. But for now, we're going to send you guys off to the break. All right. Enjoy. Steven. Hey, what's up? Today, I've got a shout out to oh, two new patrons. Oh, two? Two of them. Here comes two more for y'all. <laughs> that brings our monthly income to 900 Gorgillion credits. <laughs> God, the, the, the credit market is awful. <laughs> we, too bad we can't take them to Watto's. Uh-huh. There we go. Yeah, you need something more real. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan A and Joseph A for joining our Patreon. Are they related? Are they brothers? No, they're not, but oh. I didn't want to say their whole names in the podcast yeah, for security reasons. Steven, what do they get for being patrons? Being a patron on the Dark Times, Patreon gets you access to a plethora of luxury experiences and goods. Sorry, can you say that again as Warner Herzog? Oh, I cannot do a good enough German accent to... Being a patron on the Dark Times podcast gets you access to a plethora of... That's <laughs> really good. The client. That's pretty, pretty what good. What a great character. Thank you. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. No, the only problem with Werner Herzog and Star Wars is we didn't get more of him. Yeah, they killed his <laughs> they ass. They killed his ass what real quick. Yeah, I know. Waste of talent. It was. Um... They had to kill him in real life too. <laughs> keep him from Tragic ever being Star Wars ever again. <laughs> World class documentarian gone because of Star Wars. <laughs> George Lucas said it has to be real, and then shot him himself. Oh, man. We were talking about our Patreon. There's exclusive maps. You can vote in the Patreon Build Showcase Patreon poll. You may or may not get access to something along the lines of a Dark Times module. I certainly wouldn't know anything about it. Seriously, I don't know a damn thing about it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not true, Stephen. We know who stars in the Dark Times module, and it's some excellent level one characters that we created with handout sheets for new players. Which you do have access to on our Patreon right now. Want to run Swissy for your your friend group of millennials on your on your on your dinner dinner party night with some nice wine? Print this shit out. Put it in front of their faces. See what they do. Get more wine. Get more wine. (laughs) Yeah. Because they'll need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, there's lots of cool stuff on our Patreon. You can also, you can, you can shoot the shit on there. People don't really do that, but you can. You can leave comments, send a message. Um, you didn't even say the best part, Steven. Uh, did I forget? I'm getting a little sleepy. Okay, buddy. What? what is After it? three months of being a $5 patron, they get the exclusive Dark Times sticker. Or after three months of being a $10 patron, you get the exclusive Dark Times t-shirt and sticker. Of course, how could I forget? I know there's so much good non-physical things there that you it's easy to overlook the actual just, physical things that phew, are there. Just looked it right over. But yes, and it looks like we, uh, Ryan sent us a message uh, upon joining our Patreon. Let's see here. Hello there. I'm very happy I found this podcast. I've been listening to as many as I could the past few days, and I'm up to episode 18. Holy crap. I'm very happy that the hosts still use slash teach the original saga system and not the five E one. Oh yeah, baby, we don't, we don't, we don't listen. Fuck, we don't. We don't. After this, I'll, I'll, I will air my dirty laundry with Star Wars five E after we finish this lovely message from Ryan. I played this when it first came out, and my gaming group fell in love. And unfortunately, life happens, and we stopped playing in general. A few weeks ago, I decided to get as many books that I could afford and run my own campaign for some friends of mine that love Star Wars as much as I do, but haven't played much tabletop games. This podcast has been fantastic in helping me come up with ideas and builds for the campaign. Keep it up, and thanks for taking the time to grow community. (sighs) Ryan, thank Thank you you so much, Ryan. Dearly. Um, That is a very heartfelt and kind message. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're happy to have you. Welcome aboard. And um, you got a lot of episodes ahead of you, buddy. But I think at your pace, you'll be caught up in no time. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be this shout out is going to be like a flashbang in like a month when Ryan finally catches up. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks for the love, man. Uh, thank, thank you to both of our new patrons. And, and thanks to everyone out there keeping it real, supporting the show. We really, really, really love it. And we love you all. Thanks. 
Let's get you guys out of the break. Let's get fucking clear out. We got to. Yeah, we're moving. Come on. <laughs> this meeting room's being used in 20 minutes. Yeah. We better hurry. Make room. <laughs> All right. Steven. Uh. I've been waiting to show this off for like a month. I'm very excited. Because it's for this. so good. And we've just, the problem is, it's just, we've had other things to show off. Yeah, it's been a schedule. Uh, God thing. forbid we're in a, a fucking, a, a, an immaculate pouring of Dark Times content upon our inbox that I can't show off this one thing I want to show off when it comes in. But Zoe Krolik sent us in a hazard. Ooh, Isn't that cool? I do like One, this hazard. is our first user submitted hazard. Wait, Listener submitted. Is that true? No. Yes. Oh, oh, I was thinking of the one we made. The, the We made um, one. Purtles. That's different. Yeah. That's totally that that, call, that came from inside the podcast, baby. That's different. That's a that's an in-house recipe. Well, let's hear about this. What's it Will called? Krolik sent us the Dark Times Fever. Oh yeah. This genetically engineered disease was produced by the Empire to target non-Swissy players. Dark Times Fever statistics CL five keywords artificial atmosphere disease trigger a creature is exposed to the Dark Times podcast. The attack is plus ten versus will defense. Damage 2d6 and minus one persistent step on the condition track. Recurrence daily until the dark times fever is treated. Suggested skills. The following are suggested skills for this hazard. Knowledge galactic lore. DC 21. The character identifies the dark times fever. Treat injury. DC 21. Or DC 16 with back to tank requires a medical kit. The character treats the dark times fever. Special. The dark times fever takes a minus five penalty to attack rolls against patrons. Once a creature has been exposed to the Dark Times fever and the disease has been treated, that creature cannot contract the disease again. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Lloyd Krolik. I hope people use this in their games. Yeah, Lloyd, this is hilarious. Um, it's so good. It's very, very funny. This made my day when I saw it come through. So thank yeah, you. I, we've been dying to talk about it for like a month because that's how much we like it. Yeah. It's so great. It's inspiring. Stephen, if people want to learn more about hazards or... Uh, or maybe listen to a, a couple episodes of a podcast that where they make an hazard on the air. Is there anywhere they can do that? Episodes 24 and 25 cover hazards in great detail, methinks, including making your own hazards. Episode 25 was named Purgle Crossing, and I think that was probably our best title. I think well, so. It's, it's up there. Top 10, I'd say. Your best. 10. You you do the titles. You're a genius at titles. Oh, don't show them how the sausage is made, Stephen. We can make sure they think that you're a genius as well. Not just me. I think it's apparent that I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, it's apparent. You need some parenting. Steven. You keep doing that. What's up? Steven. Steven, 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 Steven. It's time for everyone's favorite game. Name that NPC or I literally kill you. Oh, God. I thought. I thought you know what's we... so funny, Steven? What? Since it's April, this is officially like around the first anniversary of name that NPC or I literally kill you. Cause as you remember, it was a April fool's joke that a, a listener, I think it was Suyoshi Kensu actually, uh, pitched. You're right. You're right. He did. <laughs> that, that is true. Wow. I forgot. That's how it started. I'm terrified. It was really funny. <laughs> Little literalist has brought us another stat block this week for you. Uh, the way this game works, people is Steven has three guesses to guess the stat block I'm describing. Each of those guesses comes with a yes or no question. If Steven fails all three, he will be killed on sight by our, our clone trooper elite firing squad. They're very old, Steven, so please try and stand still. <laughs> what are they, 42? They, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then once Steven has perished until dead, I will be looking for another host in the coming weeks. Reference book. Star Wars Saga Edition Force Unleashed Campaign Guide. This is a CL-14 stat block. Uh, human, Jedi 7, Soldier 3, Jedi Knight 3, Jedi Master 1. We've got Force Power Suite, Battle Strike, Farseeing, Force Slam, Mind Trick, Move Object, Rebuke, Repulse and Surge. We've got the Talents Armored Defense Block, Deflect, Force Perception, Greater Weapon Specializations, Lightsabers, Juyo, Redirect Shot, Visions, Weapon Specialization, Lightsabers. And we've got the Feats, Acrobatic Strike, Armor Proficiency, Light, Force Sensitivity, three instances of Force Training, Powerful Charge, Rapid Strike, Skill Focus and Use the Force, Skill Training in both Acrobatics and Use Computer, 
weapon-focused lightsabers, and weapon-efficiency lightsabers and simple weapons. Possessions. Light combat armor as an armored flight suit with reflex plus 5 and fortitude plus 2. A lightsaber self-built, a comlink, short range, and Jedi robes. Steven, do you have a question for me for this stat block? Did you say the species? I said it was human, yes. Oh. Mm. That's your yes or no question. Okay. Do you have a guess? <laughs> Rom Coda? Holy shit, Steven, I was saving the affiliations for last because I knew you would fucking, the affiliations are the Jedi, Coda's Militia, and the Rebel Alliance. And I was like, I can't say, usually I say that first. You didn't have to tell me Coda's Militia. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't want to leave it out. Omission yeah. of the truth is still a lie. Uh, <laughs> so, wow, Steven, you got it in one again. I think that was a shot in the dark, though. Were you, were, how sure were you? So... I knew it was 50 50 because I knew there's <laughs> there's two CL. I know for a fact, just from my own knowledge, there's two CL 14 Jedi in that book. And one is Shakti and one is Ramkota. Oh, and Shakti's not human. And Shakti's not human. Clever yeah. girl. That's incredible. Incredible. Thank you, Lil Literalist, for sending us that stat block. Much appreciated. You, dear listener, if you think you have a shot at Steven's spot, you can send us a stat block, darktimesswse at gmail.com. We're now accepting ships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do vehicles here now because we, 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 we can't hold me down. Because Steven's hubris is going to be the pride cometh before his fall. Uh, I'm guessing ships. So, heck yeah. Preferably named ships. I feel like that's... Do we want to set a hard rule for that? Or do you want to take just all comers, Steven? All challengers? Let's just see what they send in. And if we don't like it, we won't use it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't tell them how it works. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Steven, do you have any trivia for us this week? Ahsoka was originally supposed to have an Icelandic accent, but it was cut when the actress voicing the role, Ashley Eckstein, of course, stated that she was not good at accents. That's great. I So... I want to see how, where in the process were they like, oh yeah, she's going to have an Icelandic She's going to have a tube top and be Icelandic. <laughs> Bjork, was that George like, or Dave? Was that yeah. <laughs> a Bjorkatano? <laughs> Bjorkatano. Wow. <laughs> um, but no, because my question is like, did, was, did Ashley get the part? And then they were like. Can you do an Icelandic accent or was it like, I don't hey, know. I only got the trivia. <laughs> I know, buddy. I just, I think it's a cure. It's an excellent thought puzzle to pitch towards the listeners this week. I guess it is. Think of this on your commute <laughs> listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the dark times, a saga edition podcast. The show is produced and edited by me, Sam Stevens, my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at dark times, S W S E or email us dark times, S W S E at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Review us, we'll give you a shout-out. Send us proof that you reviewed us, we'll give you a shout-out as well. Tell someone about the show, tell your table about the show, tell us you told them, and we'll shout your whole table out on the show. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? We would be honored if you would join us. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it's going to be? Sure, might might as well. Fuck it. Good night, everybody! Say good night. Good night! And you know my problem with Star Wars 5e, Steven? Yeah, yeah. Fucking, this is going to go at the end of the episode, don't worry. Okay, good. Fucking, they don't do starship scale. No, they don't. I shit you not, they're like, yeah, range, 400, 600 feet. Yeah. I was like, fuck you mean? First of all, first of all, Imperial? (laughs) Really? (laughs) 600 feet weapon range? No, no, that's fucking impossible to figure out. They're bombarding Just use starship scale. Yeah, no, it's- God. um, that, that That is one of the things I saw when I cracked open that fight. And no, absolutely no hatred to the hardworking dude behind it. Like, it, it obviously did take a lot of work to throw that together. And people love it. It's very popular. Seriously. Popular enough to be lumped in with us on Roll20. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get off that high bantha, Steven. Jesus. Yeah, that was one of the things when I cracked open uh, Star Wars 5e and I saw the, the Starship weapon ranges. And I was like, N- no. I mean, it's just...
this is this might be the the most hateful thing I've said on the show, but fifth edition is not the the do all tabletop game, and I don't think it needs to be. I think there's different tabletop games for a reason. You're right, like this one. <laughs> and Rod Rodney had that same sentiment as well. He when did. We were when we interviewed Rodney. Him. Rodney right. spoke it loud and clear, and he was a Watsi employee. Exactly. For like 20 the years. The call was coming from inside the house. <laughs> He's fucking Martin Luther nailing his theses on the wall in there. Jesus, man. I'm so glad this is going to the end of the episode. Me too. <laughs>